praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Today is a special Sunday. We have a feast to celebrate the giving of the Holy Spirit. It is not a feast like any other feast, like Christmas or Easter, no. The giving of the Holy Spirit has two connotations for us as Christians. First, we celebrate it in remembrance of God's love. And secondly, we examine, we reflect ourselves on how this Holy Spirit is having influence or will have influence in our life. The giving of the Holy Spirit or the feast of Passover is not new. The gift, this feast of Passover, or Pentecost, sorry, is not new. It is an ancient tradition of the Jews. The Pentecost is the celebration of the giving of the law to Moses at Mount Sinai. So every year, there is a pilgrimage in Jerusalem. Jews and those that are converted to Judaism will assemble in Jerusalem for this feast. They are celebrating the giving of the law at Mount Sinai to Moses. In the same way that the Passover was a celebration of the deliverance of Israelites from Egypt. Jesus chose the Passover to have the last meal with his disciples. And then he chose the Pentecost to give the Holy Spirit. And these are with reason. Because of that celebration, in Jerusalem, there were people, as we read in the gospel, there were people of many nations who came to Jerusalem for that pilgrimage. So many Jews living in different parts of the world and so many non-Jews who were converted to Judaism who also came for pilgrimage. We are there. And when the Disciples of Jesus received the Holy Spirit. They went out and started preaching in different languages. In other words, these fishermen who never went to school were so influenced by the power of the Holy Spirit that they can do anything. They met somebody from Holland, they start speaking Dutch to him or her. They met somebody from Russia, they start speaking Russia to him or her. They meet somebody from India. Immediately, they turn to Indian language. They meet somebody from Africa. They start speaking any of the African language that the person understands. And they were surprised. Those group of people there were so surprised how can these people spoke these languages with their level of illiteracy? 
And some critics, you know, they say they're drunk. This is Johnny Walker talking. But Peter stood his ground and said, how can he be Johnny Walker at nine o'clock? They were speaking language, and I want to explain what speaking in tongue actually mean under the circumstance. I have heard so many people say speaking in tongue is heavenly language. It's language they spoke in heaven. It's not true. There is no human being living in heaven. The only people that are in heaven are spiritual beings. You have to die before you go to heaven, isn't it? God himself is a spirit. Language is what is given to we human. So anytime somebody is speaking in tongue, he or she, if that tongue is real, he or she must be speaking a language of this world. A language that is established. He or she may not know what she is saying, but the language he or she is speaking must exist here on earth. And if there is anybody who has the spirit of interpretation, interpreting the tongue, say gift, the person could be able to tell what the person is speaking. And if it happens that that language is a language that somebody understands, he will be able to say, this is my language. How did you learn it? And I remember uh, there was a, an, an, an accountant, an auditor, an auditor, who went to audit uh, a business uh, company account. The man, the owner of that company, very rich man, he came from the Middle East, but he's a Muslim. And this man invited the accountant, a consultant, to his house for coffee. It happened that the wife of this man was sick. And he's a Muslim. And they have tried so many medical directors and hospitals, the sickness was not responding. And this, this auditor was a, Christ, a Christian. He said to the man, can I pray to your wife? The man said, let me ask her. They told this, this man wants to pray with you, but he's a Christian. No. The woman said, no problem. And when this man started praying, it happened that he has the gift of tongue. At a certain level of the prayer, he started speaking in tongue. While he was speaking in tongue, it happened that the language he was speaking, that the woman understood it. You see how the Holy Spirit works. So the man was speaking in tongue. After praying, the woman asked the man, do you, do you know Quran?" He said, no, I don't read Quran. I don't know anything about Quran. Do you speak Arabic? He said, no. He said, actually, this, the dialect is a special dialect in Arabic that you have just spoken. And I understood everything you said. You were actually reading a portion from the Quran. The only difference was, wherever the Quran mentioned Muhammad, you jump it. When you read, 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 come to a point where he mentioned Muhammad, you jump that word. You actually did that three times, the woman was explaining. And the man told him, I don't know anything about it. This is the, the, the giving of the Holy Spirit. 
And then, because of that, and the healing that the woman instantly received, that family became Christians. And that's how the Holy Spirit works. But the celebration of the Pentecost, which we are doing today, has a special connotation, like I said, it explains to us the meaning of religion. Look at what Jesus did. He brought that Holy Spirit in the day that the law was being celebrated. In other words, if you believe in me, according to Romans, the second reading, you will no longer be ruled by law, but by my spirit. What the connotation is simple. It, the Pentecost, the usefulness, it explains what the role of religion to us. The role of the Holy Spirit is to guide us. Every good religion has come to guide the people. It has come to guide the people to have a good relationship with their God. It has come to guide the people to have a good relationship with their fellow human beings. That is the role of religion. Religion is not something that imposes its rules on people. No. In all the countries where we have problem with religion, in all the countries where killing is happening because of religion, jailing of people is because of religion, is where the, the leaders of that religion is trying to impose the rule of that religion on people, which is not the purpose of religion. That's why we have religious freedom. The religion is to guide you. It's to guide you to have a good relationship with God. It's to guide you to have a good relationship with your fellow human being. Christianity as a religion is not a constitution. Likewise, every other religion, no religion is a constitution. Holland has its own constitution. Okay? If you walk across the road, when you know the right, the, the, the light, the right is red, and you walk across it and say, Jesus has given me freedom you will be arrested with that your freedom. I am free indeed, I am no longer ruled by law. Christianity is not a constitution and likewise every other religion. Every country has their rule of law. Some some countries walked in the rules of of Christianity into their law, but Christianity itself It's not a constitution. So this is exactly how the Pentecost made open our relationship with God. Because the argument actually about the Holy Spirit becomes serious. Becomes very serious when Jesus was preparing his disciples on how to live on earth after him. Jesus was preparing to go. 
And he started preparing his disciples what life without his physical presence can be. When I am no longer here, I will send you an advocate. I will send you a helper. I will send you a guide. Jesus didn't say, I will send you a master. Jesus didn't say, I will send you a, I will send you a guide. Your role is to open yourself to this guide. And that's why I said, in celebrating the Pentecost, we have a role, you have to examine, reflect yourself, well, how open are you to be guided? Because the author, God is the author of democracy. If you chose not to be guided, he will not do anything. It's your choice. If you chose to be guided, you will feel the presence of the Holy doing what? Guiding you. Even it came to a point where he said, he will organize your prayer. He didn't say the Holy Spirit will do the prayer for you. Don't worry yourself about praying. Before you go to bed, just get a bottle of Begadoff. Drink it as much as you can. Go to bed. The prayer, the Holy Spirit will do it. Or it doesn't matter. When you come to church, don't, no prayer. The time of prayer, we can go on share Hennekin, you know, and some Coca-Cola. The whole, while the Holy Spirit will do the prayer for us. Is that in the book? No. He said, even when we don't know what to pray, we have to pray. And he will do what? Organize it. Christianity has not come to rule over your life. Actually, it come to guide you. Actually, indeed, this is one of the things that collapsed Christianity in Holland. Some of the traditional churches in Holland, many years ago, if you read the history, they imposed the law of the church on people, and so many people become afraid. If you don't do this, you go to hell. You see, I am a priest. My job is to evangelize. My job is to teach. My job is to help and guide. I have no power to determine who goes to hell and who goes to heaven. I have no power at all to determine where anybody is going. The only thing is that with the truth I see in the Bible, I say it. If you leave yourself open to the spirit, you will hear him guiding you. You will hear him directing you. And that's why he said, as many as believe in him. That's what we read in the second reading. These are the people that are given the power to become sons and daughters of God. As many as believe in him. In other words, there is no nationality in heaven. I'm sorry to say it. There's one of my friends that his father died. They put a monument and he went to his grave and mounted a very big uh, British flag on the grave. I said, what is this 
we came there, he would say, want to leave. I said, what is this flag doing here? He said, my father is a British citizen. I asked him, is that here on earth or in heaven? The British citizenship you are talking about, is that here on earth or is it in heaven? If it is here on earth, your father is dead. Remove the flag. If it is in heaven, you are deceiving yourself because in heaven, there is no nationality. There is no language. Language was given to us. The spirit has no language. There is no language in heaven. Heaven is so perfect. So you don't have to bother yourself that I didn't see anywhere written in the gospel. When you are preparing for heaven, start learning this language. Like we immigrants who came here before you get Netherlands passport or permission to, to come here, you have to learn who hurt it. <laughs> who hate your mother, who hate your father. You must learn that. If you don't learn that, you are not coming here. So nobody's learning anything about going to hell because there's no language in heaven. As many as believe, they are given the power to become the sons and daughters of God. That's what is in the text. And we are celebrating the Holy Spirit and we are expected to open our mind, to adjust, to give him more authority. The struggle is who is in charge. That's the struggle. Two people coming to live together, whether as husband and wife, whether as friends, the first thing to determine is who is in charge of what? Who bepowered what? But in Christianity, it's not like that. Some of the reasons why we don't want to allow the Holy Spirit full control is when we are talking about power and decision-making process. As many as believe. And uh, I like the when Jesus was preparing his disciples, if you flip back to Acts of Apostles chapter one, they were asking him because they were interested in political power. When are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? We are being besieged by Romans. And Jesus was telling them something spiritual, not of a physical kingdom. But there is something very important Jesus told them in verse eight. He said, and you will receive the Holy Spirit when the power came upon you. You are going, 1 verse 8, you are going, Acts of Apostles, you will receive the Holy Spirit when the power came upon you. I read that place and I paused. Jesus did not say in all earnest truth, you will receive power when you are ordained priest. Is it there? No. Some of you, you know, we cannot judge ourselves. We pray. Some of you who listen to someone, see a priest conduct service, see priests act and behave, you, you people decide which one is loaded with Holy Spirit and which one is empty. 
You can always decide that. You listen and oh no, this one, I'm not sure it's a priest. Who ordained him this thing? Or oh, the other one, that guy. He's smart. You know what he's doing. You people decide something like that. You will receive power, he said. Not when you are then priest. But when the spirit has come what? Upon you. Yeah, you are shaking your head because I'm criticizing priest, eh? Is that in the text? No. When you are baptized, you will receive power. Is that what Jesus said? No. So even after baptism, you can still be empty. Oh, you will receive power when you are confirmed. It's not there. Or maybe I didn't read it well. You will receive power on the day of your wedding. Or when you are giving birth to your first child. You will receive power when you have a new job. Or you will receive power after you have made up. And look to yourself in the mirror. You know, when women, after they make up, they go to the mirror, they look at themselves. Yes, I got it. And then it's time to go. But no, you can only receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And it's only you that can make room for that. Nobody can make room for that for you. Nobody. You can only yourself. And everybody has the opportunity to make that room. I don't know how long this sermon should last. <laughs> Shall we make it two hours? <laughs> I will make it quick. I want us to examine something. Let me cut this thing short. What do you think a Christian life will be without the Holy Spirit. Now, I know 90% of the sermon we hear today will be about the gift of the Holy Spirit, loving, showing that, showing that, compassion, preaching, evangelizing, that. But have you ever imagined what a Christian life can be without the Holy Spirit? You see, our situation is like a football game. I know many of us like football. Football is a game that is played on a line. You must play within the line. Anything you played from the outside the line, no matter how nice you dribble the ball outside the line, is not counted. It doesn't matter how much, how technical you scored goal, you bend your leg and kick the ball like this from outside the line and it goes straight into the net and beat the goalkeeper. It's not allowed. Playing outside the line 
of the Holy Spirit is not allowed. It gives no result. The result that the Holy Spirit wants. You know, when I was in seminary, everybody, so many of us who have not decided what to do, and so every day the students from many countries will come up. I think the Lord is calling me to go to Australia. I will be listening. I, I think the Lord is calling me to go to Canada. I think the Lord is calling me to go to America, California. I think the Lord is telling me to come to Amsterdam. And I will be waiting to hear that time there is more war in so many countries. I will be waiting for somebody to say, I hear the Lord is calling me to go to Somalia. Nobody. I think the Lord is calling me to go to uh, uh, Kosovo. What was the name of that country? No, 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 no. During the time of Kosovo war, something where Milosevic was uh, Bosnia. Nobody saying that. Everybody selecting a nice place and saying the Lord is telling me to go there. You know, yeah, the Lord is telling me to go to Canada. And I was waiting. The Lord is not sending anybody to Sudan. What did the Sudan people did wrong? None of you are being called to go to Sudan. None of you are being called to go to Bosnia. Uh, the Lord is telling me to go to New York. Yeah. Outside the line. We are here to walk. We are not going there. Outside the line is not allowed. It doesn't matter how technical the goal you scored from outside the line. This is the pitch. And you come here, you bend your leg like this and kick the ball. It went straight. It's, not, it's ruled out. And there is a story actually that confirmed that. You know the man called David in the Bible from the Psalms. The Bible said this man, his heart is like after God. He has a very nice heart. That's why Saul was rejected and David was made king. He's a very nice man. God himself upheld David as a man of God. But one day, that's what you, I'm telling you what outside spirituality can do. One day, this man, David, came to the balcony of his house. When he was coming there, he has no evil intention. He was not coming there to harm anybody. He was not coming there to do anything. He was just coming. That time there were no, his house could actually be the only upstairs in, Jerusalem, in town. So he came up there just to watch around. He can see far from there what's going on. And you know that time in Israel, even in Africa and so many people, they make bathroom with leaves, dry leaves round put a small door. The opening, the top is open. And actually it's a very tall fence that nobody can see it from standing on the ground. You can't see what is from the top. And David came there. While he was standing on that balcony, David saw a woman bathing. And from the top he could see the woman complete. So David relaxed on the balcony 
and started watching movie. While David was watching that woman, something was happening to David. His spiritual ambient started declining. His physical ambient started overtaking his spiritual ambient. The spiritual ambient was busy collapsing. His physical ambient was rising very fast. And when the physical ambient covered his spiritual ambient completely, David became potentially harmful and spiritually dangerous. That is, the moment the flesh pulled down the spirit, this man, the same man that God said is a good man, he became potentially very harmful and spiritually very dangerous. The first thing he did was to take the woman and then plant or kill the man until the prophet Nathan intervened. And if you go to Psalm 51, you will know that David knew exactly what happened to him. Apart from asking for forgiveness of sin, he said, renew the right spirit. He knew the wrong one has taken over. He knew, he realized that. Give me back. Give me back the Holy Spirit. I've lost it. He goes to Psalm 51, listen to what he said. After asking God to wash, wash, his, wash, him, wash him from his sin, he said, renew, give me back that spirit. If I don't have it, I will never teach people how to do good. I will only be example of doing wrong. That's what he said. Because he realized he has played outside the line. You will receive power when the Spirit come upon you. And if you don't remember anything about this sermon, remember, always tell your brother, your sister, that playing outside the line is not allowed. In Spirit's business, playing outside the line is not what? It's not allowed. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. You see, okay, I have to end this sermon. Forgive me. One more story. There was a man who wants to visit his friend in a very dangerous country. In this country, they kill strangers and eat the, the, the body. As meat. It's a very dangerous country. But a man from a different country has a good friend in that country. He said, I want to visit my friend in this country. The danger of going there is that he could be killed. But there is something that dangerous country doesn't have. Chicken. As simple as chicken can be here. And as cheap as chicken can be here, that country does not have chicken. 
The money you can use in buying chicken can build this house for you two or three times. Imagine how expensive chicken is in that country. So this man who wants to visit his friend said, what will I take to my friend that he will appreciate? I will buy a carton of frozen chicken, four pieces inside the carton, and if I take it to my friend, he will become a billionaire if he wants. It's so common this side, but in that side, it's extremely expensive, more than gold. I will take it to my friend. So he prepared his journey, very dangerous journey, and went to his friend, and the moment he enters the town, two hooligans came to him and said, we realize you are a stranger. He said, yes, you know what will happen to you. You are meat to us. The man begged them not to kill him. And they said to him, what can you use to take over your life? What can, what can you exchange your life for? Why wouldn't we kill you? The man said, I have four chickens, frozen chickens in this box. I will give two of you one one. They looked at each other, chicken, you. Can you afford a chicken? He said, yeah. It's actually nothing where I came from. They said, sure. So he opened the box. They said, because of this, we will leave you. We have never dared to think that we can ever afford chicken in our lives. And nobody has ever imagined that we will ever receive chicken in all our lives. So we will leave you. He gave them one, one chicken and they led him to his friend without killing him. So the two of them said to themselves, hey brother, what are you going to do with your chicken? He said, listen, this chicken, I never imagined that I will ever get it in life. The first one said, I'm going to put it in my freezer. Preserve it with ice. Nobody will ever know that I got so expensive commodity in my house. That was one person's answer. The other one said, oh no. I am going to buy onions. Buy some vegetable oil. And put, this, put all the ingredients and put these onions on fire. There were people who never thought I would ever have chicken in life. They will hear the smell and they will honor me. The other one took his chicken and put it in the freezer. Eyes covered it and it, it was there. Year after year, people come there and go. They never realize such expensive commodity is there. The other one went and bought all these things women use in making food, in cooking, baking, baking, uh, Pamela know what I'm talking about. Forgive me, actually. I don't know how to bake that kind of stuff. I am happy that there is always Chinese restaurant open. I'm a regular customer there, you know. So, this man bought everything that they used in baking chicken, put his chicken on fire. The moment the smell went off, the whole town we are assembling to itself. Mm, 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 mm. Where is this thing smelling? Mm, mm, mm. Everybody was coming. 
Everybody was gathering just to make, get the smell of this chicken, to have a look of what chicken looks like. Baked one for that matter. Oh, yummy. And uh, he was giving it in pieces to everybody. And eventually, the man who put his chicken on fire eventually died. And he was buried like a king. There was a national holidays. There, nobody will go to work today. This man that made us to test the chicken, we will give him the most befitting burial on earth. He has acted more than even our king. He was honored. He was respected. People were saying good things about him because of the deed. Eventually, the man who put his chicken on the freezer also died. He was buried like nobody. There's nothing special about him. There's nothing that we can reckon about him. And he was just buried. When the family came to remove his properties from the house, they opened the freezer. They saw the chicken. They said, my God, how can our brother have this kind of commodity that could have made all of us rich, made all of us famous, made all of us everything that we need to be? We become celebrity. Overall, everybody we know us. How can he have such a commodity and it was buried on ice and he, was, he died like a dog? Oh. They were so bitter. And uh, before you are carried away, what am I saying? The Holy Spirit that was given to you, where is it? Is it on fire or in the freezer? The spirit that is given to you, is it on the freezer? If it is in the freezer, it's covered with ice. It's not going to spoil but you walk around as nobody. You talk as nobody. You behave as nobody. Because the power you have is sleeping. It's in the freezer. Everybody has the Holy Spirit. Everybody. Joel said, we read in the gospel, that everybody has it. Your children will dream, dream. Your old people will see vision. It is given to Adamu, it is given to Garba. It is given to Muhammad, it is given to Joshua. Some, the difference is that some Holy Spirit is on, in the freezer. And some is on fire. And those that are on fire, the smell is going everywhere. The, 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 the aroma is booming. But the other one in the freezer is resting in peace. So the challenge I will leave to you, two. It's not too much, only two. Forgive me. Playing outside the line is not allowed. So anytime you want to play from outside the line, remember two things. You will be potentially harmful to other people. And you will be spiritually dangerous to the Christian community.
and then find out before we finish this service where the spirit that is given to you is. Is it in the freezer or is it on fire? Let us pray. There is no other God beside you, O Lord. The spirit of truth, the spirit of love, the spirit of care, the spirit of understanding. Come to our rescue because we are weak. That we may be strengthened by the power that Jesus has given to us. That we may be strengthened. That we may be strengthened. In Jesus' name.